Hey Mary, thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of Working at Careers. How have you been keeping? Yeah, it's, hi, hi Vanessa, thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's been a strange couple of weeks, um, but uh, yeah, things are things are going well. We're very busy here. It's it's nice now to be having lived in London for the past number of years to get some time to spend with family and friends here in Derry. Obviously, socially distanced, of course. Uh, yeah, it's it's been going all right. Uh, we've a strange time work-wise with uh, the changes in the A-level results this week, which I think is you know, really important that young people realise that you're not defined. It, you know, Qualifications are important, but you're not defined by them. Thinking they're not up to this podcast, when was the last time anyone asked me what any of my results, either at university <laughs> or at school, were? And it's years. So it's uh, they're not the be-all and end-all. I, I read a post on Instagram and I was like congratulating the A-level results. But I kind of said, you know, when I was getting my results, I remember waking up at six o'clock in the morning, refreshing my page to get my results and see since that day, I don't give my A-level results a second thought. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's obviously very important to you at the time. You've worked really, people have worked really hard at it. It's great if you're, you know, if you're flying at them, but having went to university and been working the last couple of years, you, you realise that no one nonsense about maths doesn't always do you well in life. And I think that's something that schools need to realise as well, is that education needs to be more about just teaching people for exams. It needs to be teaching. I think we need a bit more of that. Right. Can you please let me know your journey from leaving secondary school to now where you work now, where you work with the SDLP? Yeah, uh, so it's a bit of a weird... Uh... Weird path, but uh, so so I studied politics, philosophy, and economics at Queen's University, leaving in twenty fourteen. Um, it was a choice between that and doing music at Trinity. Very difficult to, to choose between the two, so I ended up flipping a twenty p coin, and it's still framed in my house because it landed on the Queen's head. So I went to Queen's um, and went studied there for a couple of years. Uh, it was a relatively new course at Queen's at the time, so. It was small numbers, which was great. You got to know a lot of people very well. And after that, went, what am I going to do now? And I panicked. I, I, I panicked. I'd spent uh, my time at Queen's working in restaurants, which I absolutely loved. And I went, what am I going to do? So I thought, right, I'll stay at university. Uh, and I moved to London and did the graduate diploma in law, which used to be called, was commonly known as the conversion course, thinking that sounds like a job. <laughs> um law that sounds vaguely like something I was told I should do when I was at school absolutely hated it and it wasn't necessarily the the content of the what what the course was about I looked at the people I was studying with and I thought I can't work with people like you the rest of my life (laughs) Uh, it just it just wasn't for me but after that then I stayed in London for a while and I worked in a couple of bars and restaurants um, you know managing bars and stuff which I I loved uh, and I was kind of that's what I was going to do. Moved back to Belfast then, just because I got a bit fed up of London, uh, and ra- worked in a restaurant uh, just in the lower end of the Lisburn Road. And I thought, great, I'll do this, and maybe someday I'll open a restaurant or open a pub or something like that. Um, and th- I was content. That's that. That's what I was going to be doing. And then some incredibly short-sighted people decided that we were going to have a referendum to leave the European Union, and. The campaign started. The campaign groups were set up um, to either leave, as we're doing, or to stay. So I then got a job um, with the Northern Ireland Stronger in Europe campaign, which was fantastic because 
I had absolutely no any professional experience in working in politics before, uh, although it was something I'd always wanted to do, but kind of gave up on because it was such a hard thing to get into. And people say it's 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 about who you know, and well, it kind of is. Um, but we'll come on to that because there's there's ways of getting involved in these organizations if it is something you're interested in. Uh, so then worked on that, and just as that was wrapping up. I'd been friendly with a member of parliament in West London called Steve Pound, who's just retired there. He's a fantastic man, great friend, and he really taught me an awful lot. But he phoned me up two weeks before the referendum, said, I know this is a strange you know, inquiry, but I'm just wondering, would you like a job? And I went, what? This is great time. Because my man had been on to me saying, you need to find a new job because you're, you know, my I was going to be unemployed after the end of the referendum. The time and work great that I was moving back to London um, where I became a housing caseworker. So that involved helping constituents when they're trying to get up their housing points to move from being you know, in temporary accommodation into permanent accommodation or moving to more appropriate accommodation or getting adaptations. It's an incredibly, incredibly busy job, particularly in, some, in, in a central London job because housing in London is just good. Council houses are like hen's teeth in some areas. So uh, that, that I did that. Now, I'd be lying if I said I was great at it. I'd be lying if I said I did it for an incredibly long time because uh, I did it for three months. Then through sheer luck, there was a vacancies came up within political advisory team within the Labour Party shadow cabinet. Uh, and mainly because a gentleman called Owen Smith had resigned from the shadow cabinet to challenge Jeremy Corbyn for the leadership of the party. And when he went, a lot of his colleagues went and their advisors went with them. Uh, so there was a massive hole. And I think they scrambled around a bit and said, do we know anyone from Northern Ireland who you vaguely have an accent so you can come and do this job? So uh, through that, I ended up becoming the Labour Party's advisor on Northern Ireland, working with a number of shadow secretaries of state, one of which being Owen Smith, the man whose leadership challenge got me the job in the first place. Uh, so, it, you know, it came full circle. Uh, so I did that for from 2016 until February of this year. And uh, in that time, it was, you know, it's, it's a hard job to explain to people what it is because they're, they're, they're never re- there is a job description, but it's absolutely nothing like the day-to-day. Um, I know it's a bit cliche for people say, you know, what was your normal day like? And you reply saying, I'll tell you when I've had one, but it was kind of like that. Um, but we were involved with, it was a really interesting time in politics across, you know, both Ireland and in Great Britain. He had Brexit happening, particularly when you were, when I was dealing with the Northern Ireland side of things, we had so much of a negotiation around that. We were left with three years without a government here. Whilst all this was happening and Westminster, the numbers were tight. So the votes were really close and it was a really exciting dramatic time to be there and just be surrounded by it and it's definitely something I was glad I got an opportunity to do because now that Boris Johnson has a massive majority it's probably going to be a little boring (laughs) Um, compared to I think I've been spoiled a bit by political drama the last couple of years but I I just uh, I'd done that for four years and wanted to get back to Derry and thankfully got a job offer from Callum Eastwood, the Member of Parliament here in Foyle, um, to become his senior political advisor. And it, it was it was an incredibly hard offer to turn down. So I uh, moved back just before the lockdown kicked in. Uh, so my timing was impeccable because I'd rather be stuck uh, in my house with my family here in Derry uh, than to be stuck in a flat in London.
Yeah, definitely needed it. You know, I have friends that are in London who were shielding and, you know, were, were shut into one bedroom apartments with no access to the outside for weeks. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how good I would have coped uh, if I had been, been stuck in London. But yeah, it's, it's funny how these things kind of work out for the better. Uh, even when you don't expect, you know, that to be a benefit of it. So, yeah, it's been a strange way to get to where I am at the moment. Um, it's been a lot of it's been luck, um, but th- that's the case with every career. It's all down to timing. I know you said earlier that you couldn't really explain, you know, what what your job role was because it was. I I can just imagine, especially in that crazy time, you probably were running around like a headless chicken half the time. But um, can you give me, <laughs> but could you give me like just a wee bit of an insight into what what you did just for anyone who who was considering you know that type of job? So it's it's a bit of a strange one because a lot of it is dealing with a draft legislation. So government will bring forward changes to the law. In, in my role, being a part of the opposition, it was about scrutinising that. It was about trying to make it better and actually speaking on behalf of people from here and taking their concerns and trying to feed that in. There are very few ways of learning how to do that other than be thrown in to doing it because no politics course, to my knowledge, is going to teach you about how to amend and draft legislation. And no law course is, is going to do much of that either. I think there's a great course, um, just from speaking to some former colleagues who uh, at Leeds University, which is in parliamentary studies, I think. And that's kind of the closest you would get to a course that would give you a bit of a feel for it. But that's only that was only part of the job. There was an awful lot more that, than that because when you're in opposition, you don't have a full civil service behind you. So you, in one person... You are your press office, you're your policy office, you book your travel, you do your stakeholder engagement. It, it, it was a lot. Uh, and it was it was a great. You had to be the everything, <laughs> um, a one-person machine. Uh, and it wasn't easy. Um, you know, one of the great things about the job was there was a lot of travel back and forth between London uh, and here in Northern Ireland. But that was unique to that role. I think one of the things, and, and this is... And I actually think this is a skill that isn't taught incredibly well anywhere, you know, other than in very few specific courses. Social media and public relations in terms of press release and dealing with that, it, no matter what organization you're in these days, you kind of have to have some sort of awareness and some sort of savvy about how these things work. And that's something I had to learn very quickly. And I was not very good at it at the start, and I'm still not very good at it now. It's something that you always have to be learning about because it changes so quickly the way that the media works. And that's something I would say if you were trying to get into a career in politics, understanding how to sell a story or to tell a story, not even sell it, is really important because the press and journalists get hundreds of press releases from different organizations every day. And most of them are incredibly boring. You have to write it in a way that you can pick things out of it that they will like to read and like to use. So I would say to anyone, that's, that is a skill you can start learning just by actually reading what's in the newspapers and not just reading it in one day, but looking at over a course of a couple of weeks at what what are the kinds of things that you that are getting in and what's the language that's used because that's that's an important skill. Absolutely. And I think that, see, even reading blogs, that's 
great as well because it shows you kind of how like you know if you did want to go down a job where it was PR or writing press releases by reading different blogs it shows you how to structure it and you know sometimes I read press releases and they are repeating themselves but that's their way of kind of drawing in the message so it's interesting to see how different people do it for sure. Yeah, it really is. And I do think there's a lot of great blogs out there at the moment and actually great podcasts. I think it's a medium that's going to become increasingly important over the next couple of years. Staying on top of the most current things and I'm not a great social media person, but I know that I should be work-wise getting better at Instagrams and stuff because that's like, I've that's all passed me by. And it's, I'm saying this is someone who's relatively young. If you're, you know, I'm 27. It's not as if... I shouldn't know this stuff. I'm just not not very good at it. But people who are able to use these tools are incredibly valuable in, in you know the world of politics and the world of business. The world, you know, it, it's just going to become such an integral part of all, all our lives that it's going to be a really, really uh, positive thing to have. And it's something that younger people have an edge on in terms of competition intergenerationally for positions and jobs and careers. People have kind of just assumed there is an assumption that young people are the right people to be doing social media and this new forms of media. And that's right. So use that, use that advantage uh, when, when trying to, you know, break into a career. Um, because I find that once your foot's in the door, it's far easier to, you know, move. As I say, there was no day to day and the job itself changed so much. We, I worked in two general elections in which... I became an events manager, essentially, um, which again, it was actually something that of all the stuff that I did there, that was probably the thing I was most comfortable doing because I had worked in bars and restaurants and, and in events on that side. And those skills turned out to be incredibly important during those elections because for the 2017 general election and the 2019 general election, the terrible 2019 general election where we got stuffed. Uh, I traveled around on the Labour Party's battle bus with Jeremy Corbyn, uh, organizing what he was doing and how it appeared and what, you know, what it looked like visually and you know, what was the message. And that was, I think that was a really, really great thing to be able to do because it was, you were right in the middle of what was happening. You know, people were texting me saying, oh, I saw you in the news. And I was going, I have no idea because I haven't, it's, it's, it's really weird being on the inside of some of these political things that have happened in the last four years because you don't, when you're, when you're there and and that's and a part of it, you don't get to see what's being put on the TV because you're too busy. So you don't actually get to see what it looks like from the outside. But uh, that role was really challenging for a lot of reasons with you know, the time pressures of it. But at no point when they had asked me to come and work for them did they ask, do you have events management skills? But it turned out that those skills were probably, well, at that time, the most valuable skills I had. So... I think you, you, people will be surprised when they're in a career what things are what things they draw on to, to assist them. It's not always going to be this thing I learned at university or this thing I did during my A levels or this thing I did in the tech. It can be something from completely left field, uh, which just shows you the more rounded of a experience you have, the more you're going to be able to add value. No, absolutely, I I agree with that because um, in my job now, obviously I. I feel like I repeat myself in, in every podcast, but from studying a music degree to doing marketing, it's um, a lot of the skills from my degree were definitely transferable. I took them forward, but now I've learned things that I never would have ever thought I would have done in a million years, and I've, I'm learning more skills every day. So I think it's so important. Like, upskilling is 
probably one of my favourite words at the moment. It's such an important thing to do and it's not spoke about in schools because obviously in schools you're struggling doing your A-levels and you, like, you don't have time to do anything else. But during university, you should be doing it. You should be doing a free course or, you know, even yeah, like a wee paid 100%. course to, to, just to take yourself yeah. that step further. There's a great thing, a great website that I, and I promise I'm, I don't get, I'm not getting paid commission for this, but uh, there's a website called edX, which, you know, universities from around the world will, can, you can do free online courses. Um, and some of them are, you know, introductions to, um, but some of them are, you know, deep dives and in-depth looks of things. And it's, it's really interesting. And it's something you can do it and find out if that's something you're interested in. It, you can do it over the space of a couple of months. Um, and it's online. It's just interactive. And it's, it's a great way if, if you're not sure of what you want to be doing, dip your toe in the water. Uh, and I, I really recommend it because I, I still try and do bits and pieces with it. Uh, and employers, I imagine, would like it because a lot of them you can get accredited from places like Harvard. And you know, I, I, I did one with MIT. And you don't need anyone can go and do them. You don't need to, there's no application or entry procedure. Um, and you will have an official certificate from these institutions, which will stand make you stand out from the crowd. Or you know, if there's a bunch of CVs being left, uh, so yeah, I think learning shouldn't stop, but it shouldn't just be focused on what you're doing at the moment. Careers for life are over, uh, and people need to. I think people are, will would benefit for from changing the, what they do, shaking things up. I, I often get itchy feet with things after a couple of years because I just think, oh, where am I going now? And the more you can kind of get in, the, get in your background, the better. And it doesn't cost. And that's the thing. Uh, I've often found that a barrier to people moving forward with their careers is that they place a lot of weight on getting this qualification that I'm going to spend three years doing and spend £5,000 a year doing. And that that shouldn't be what you have to do to try and you know, build yourself up and build yourself towards something new. No, absolutely. I think that's amazing advice for anyone to take forward. And see for someone who has worked in politics for a number of years, what advice would you give to maybe someone in sixth form who's just received their politics A-level results or someone in university who is studying maybe politics or anthropology, you know, something like that? What advice would you give them in moving forward with a career like that? If you want to get involved in politics, you need to roll your sleeves up. You need to get involved with politics. Politics isn't... People don't study politics as an academic discipline, and that's great. But that's not politics. Politics is getting stuck in and trying to change things. Getting getting work in politics outside the academic side of things is difficult, and it is about who you know. I can't remember the last time someone asked me for my CV because... They don't care what I did at university. They don't care what I did. It's because they know you and they know that you're able to do these things. But you have to get to know these people. It doesn't happen overnight. I spent a long time as a volunteer with the SDLP, over 10 years, in fact. And that's how you learn a lot about how the actual day-to-day of politics works, or more importantly, doesn't work. Um, so it do- And it do- doesn't need to be getting involved with the political party because I know that... Not everyone can align themselves so easily with political, you know, thought, uh, particularly here in Northern Ireland. But get involved with issues-based campaigning. 
you know, I've been incredibly surprised and impressed actually by the climate change activism. And that, you know, that that's an issue. That's a, a large issue. And it's not, I wouldn't call it a single issue because there's an awful lot within it. Getting involved with local campaigning on that, that's how you learn these things and how you meet people and people who might be able to help you further down the line. So I would say that if you're sat now thinking, how do you, you know, I don't come from a political family and I had no idea how to get involved. So I just went, well, I'm going to pester someone until they involve me. <laughs> and that's what you should do. Uh, I, I did work experience when I was 16 in or my local member of parliament's office. And that's kind of made me go, well, you know, this, this looks all right, actually. It's always a nice thing when you work somewhere to have someone come in to shadow you because you you get to sell the be- the good things about what you do and the positives, what you're able to do. Because um, I know from working in Westminster, we've had a couple of different you know, work experience replacement students as well. And it's been great because you can kind of share the, the fun bits of it. Um, <laughs> you try not to share the bad bits, but uh, so, yeah, if you're sitting wondering how do you get involved, no one's going to involve you voluntarily you need to involve yourself i think that's really great advice and your career has been amazing so far and i'm glad that you're you're home and settled and you have you have another job so (laughs) best of luck in your journey with sdlp and thank you so much again for coming on i really enjoyed chatting to you thanks very much vanessa thanks very chat later bye bye